What's up, everybody? Welcome to the kickoff of a brand new podcast you're absolutely going to love. This is Beats and Bites, and I am so happy to welcome you. My name is Lauren Delisa Coleman, and I have with me my fabulous co-host, Sydney Schluter. And Hello, everyone. We are going to be bringing you inside of a fabulous world that we are absolutely passionate about. We're crazy, stupid fans of this area. Yeah. We're going to be giving you all of the scoop as it pertains to the emerging tech and the music industry. There's really nothing out here like this, and this is why we're so glad to be able to bring it to you. Um, and we want to start by, I guess, giving you a little bit of both of our backgrounds, how we came to this, and what you can expect from this series, which is going to help you to be able to just do so much more if you're in this space already, looking to break into the area, or just really stay up on things that are really fast-moving, we are going to be able to do it for you each and every week. So, Sydney, why don't you kick it off? Give us a little bit of your background um, and like kind of how you and I came together briefly. Then I will kick it off on the, like part two or the flip side of that with my background. Absolutely. Okay, so my name is Sydney. I am in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. And um, I guess where I started in this whole thing was I've been working in film. I've been producing and helping producers from in Canada and America just basically pump out TV and film content. And that's kind of been my thing. So I met Lauren, uh, the fabulous Lauren, who in a women in Hollywood group and we were both in it and she was just absolutely stunted on me with this emerging tech and how it intersects with film. And I was just like so blown away by her chat with us all that I called her and I was like, I have so many questions for her. And she was patient enough to actually take my call, Aww. which I'm so grateful for. <laughs> um, and yeah, one thing kind of led to another and we both realized that we are super interested in this like fascinating up and coming space. So we've been working together for the past year and now it's finally come to fruition. And I think we're just on the cusp of something like really, really exciting. So that's my fabulous story with Lauren Delisa Coleman, and I'll turn it to you. Thank you so much. I am just so, like, just loving everything about Sydney's vibe. I think that you guys will find as we go along that we're really, like, I think complementary um, to each other. As she mentioned, she's in Vancouver, Canada. I am in New York, New York, here in the U.S. But I think more than that, like, New Sydney, York, New York. <laughs> Shouting it out. Um, but even more than that, like I think uh, Sydney is the perfect Gen Z compliment to my like senior millennial like point of view. So we'll be able to give you like a nice, really full scope as you can hear, like she's boundless with energy. And I'm going to always be the one who's like, let's let's look at it a little bit deeper. So it'll be like a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I have been um, as you know, I think I mentioned maybe a little bit earlier, just a stupid, stupid, crazy fan of not only this area, but, you know, just media in general. So I I started my, um, I guess, career after I graduated from Columbia University here in New York City. Um, my first um, real quote-unquote job was working in production at MTV back in the day when the channel actually played videos. Um, my real focus was um, always being able to work at the the news. You know, for those who don't, you know, know or weren't born back in the day, the only way you could know what was going on with anybody like Nirvana, Snoop, etc., was MTV News. There was like no social media and all that, and you know the network weren't covering it. So um, I was just interested in taking all of my, you know, English acumen to that. It was very challenging, uh, you know, for just a number of reasons. So um, I ended up 
finding another position not long after that. I stayed there a couple of years and then worked at what was at the time the hottest marketing company um, for hip hop. This is going back to the the part of hip hop where we call, I guess, this the golden era where seminal albums were dropped. Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, Cypress Hill's Black Sunday, Dr. Dre's A Chronic, um, Cypress Hill's Midnight Marauders. Honey, I could go on and on, but it was really great. Um, but the majors didn't know really what to do with this burgeoning new area. All the classics, which we didn't know at, t- at the time were going to be classics. We just thought it was just amazing music. Um, and so... You know, the majors all farm this stuff out to companies like that because they didn't really know how to handle this new animal called hip hop. So I was fortunate enough to work at that company, but I knew I just wanted to do proof of concept um, in other ways. And I knew technology was going to be coming, I guess, down the pike in a whole new era. And so I started my own company which at its height had offices in New York, LA, and in Paris, and I lived between the two countries and ended up working with my team. It was called Punch Media Group. Working with my team on projects for everybody from Snoop to Cube to Jay-Z and, and so much more. But technology, I think, has always been the through line for me back when it was you know, all about mobile marketing and now right up to you know, so much more in you know, what we call the fourth industrial revolution space, AI, 5G, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so now I'm just kind of focusing on this area. I have my own AI startup that I'm working on in the media space. But I'll also be speaking um, from a point of view of a social impact initiative that I started called Game Change, which is very close to my heart. The um, mission is to be able to support women of color working toward leadership positions at the intersection of emerging technology, AI, 5G, digital currency, blockchain, Web3, and the metaverse. Um, as it intersects with um, mass media and entertainment. This is the hottest space on the planet for me. This is all about information and, um, you know, communication. What more is there, you know, as human beings? So I'm really adamant about having everybody to be able to participate and be included in what I'm calling the future media space. So this podcast fits right into that. And I'm just so excited because, yeah, nobody else is really holding it down like it, like we are going to be doing in this um, kind of specific realm. So you are now inside, as we said, of the first episode. I want to turn it back over to Sydney, who's going to... Are okay, you kicking Sydney, it off or so, am I kicking it off? <laughs> yep. So we're going to start off with some news, just kind of going through what's happening right now in the industry relating to Metaverse. And then we're going to go into a deeper dive of politics, uh, let you know what we're playing right now, and then finish it off with a future cast. So what our kind of predictions are based on what the news is. So our first episode is on the whole new all-encompassing metaverse. So what we have right now, as the industry kind of stands, we have two leaders that are pulling through and it's fashion and music. So I was super excited when I saw this article because this is kind of the first collaboration between the two. So we have Warner Music Group and digital platform Dress X have paired up and are doing digital fashion to create virtual merch, or I guess they're calling it Virch for artists and fans to flex in the metaverse. So they're going to have t-shirts and sweaters and 3D augmented reality and all of that kind of fun stuff that you can see on Snapchat and Instagram. And there are some huge names that are attached to it. We have Cardi B, Coldplay, Madonna. So I think that's like the natural next step for this. How about you? I'm really feeling this because, I mean, I think even if you look like back in the day, especially from a hip hop point of view, 
you know, clothing and music have always gone together, whether, you know, it's far back out as like Diddy and Sean John back when he was still Sean <laughs> um, uh, Nelly and like Apple Bottoms, um, you know, Jay-Z and Rockaware, you know, something which was much more like kind of developed as a line. I think that this is going to be really fascinating to see who creates either full on lines or like you said, Virch. Um, I think it could be really hot. I'm really, I guess, most intrigued about maybe pricing. Are there going to be like limited editions? Like, you know, I don't know, Cardi B times, uh, I don't know, whoever, like Gucci, um, any of the like luxury brands or any of the sportswear brands that's just virtual, that's just available only for like a really brief moment and it creates pandemonium. I think it could, you know, really go a lot of places, right? So, I mean, it could even be, depending on how it looks like, maybe some NFT action going on there. So, Sydney, good eye on this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you pulled this one, and I think people should, you know, really be up on it. And just a quick little shout-out as well to Warner, because I have not really seen um, any of the other labels, whether you're looking at the deal that they've done before with Bored Apes, which we'll talk about later on in, in the series or more. Like, they are, I think, really out front when it comes to the majors. So let's just keep, like, watching them and see what happens. All right, what do you have next? Like I've said before, we have these really, really big names that are going into the metaverse. And uh, that's kind of just what we've seen so far. But MasterCard is announcing a, or I guess they have announced a MasterCard Artist Accelerator where they connect artists with mentors and like tech experts to kind of dip their toes into Web3. And they're helping artists of all types, which is really interesting because we've kind of seen how the big artists can benefit up, but what about like the really, really small kind of just getting started and just kind of getting their their feet wet into music and giving them this huge platform. So they're going to step into all sorts of technology, which is great for not only them, but MasterCard is using this as an insight to get to learn like what audiences really want from the metaverse and how they can kind of turn this into banking. So... I'm also glad that you pulled this one. I had the chance to interview the CMO of MasterCard a couple of times when I was um, both a contributing uh, writer at Forbes in the innovation section as well as um, some writing that I've done for Advertising Week. He's a really very interesting man, um, obviously, you know, at the top of his game. And I had the opportunity to actually even visit MasterCard's kind of startup office, if you will, in the Flatiron District. These kids are always on top of like what's going to be coming next. And I think they're wise to be able to start to look at this. I know back in the day when there was such a thing as Tower Records for the older heads, you know, <laughs> listening right now on Sunset Boulevard, they did like kind of some kind of special thing whereas if you like bought some kind of CD with your MasterCard, you could get some kind of access to a special Grammy party. They're always Oh my gosh, I want into a Grammy for- party. <laughs> Right. Um, They are always having their feelers out for, you know, some kind of way to be able to drive that brand with sales and music. And I think that, you know, as they're probably looking at 
how artists are going to be performing in the metaverse, what they're going to be buying and how, and they want that, you know, MasterCard brand to be right up front. So let's, you know, watch and see. What I will say, though, is from the wonderful ivory towers of MasterCard, like who up in there is like A&Ring this to be like, you know, making sure it's the hottest like people on the street and not like, you know, some sanitized yeah, version. That's the only thing that I would say. I want to watch this and see, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. that they're going to collabo with, you know, some, some real people who have like ear to the ground. Right. But other than that, like, I'm happy to, I'm happy to watch this, like hopefully blow up for everybody. Um, you had mentioned that this is going to help artists, um, you know, kind of drive their personal brand through the metaverse and NFT. So that's a perfect segue into a quick news item that I have. Um, and this is about the Winklevoss twins. And I do have to say that when I mentioned this to Sydney, she was like, who's the Winklevoss who twins? And what is the Guilty. social network? <laughs> so for those who might be, you know, okay, on the younger end of the spectrum or maybe older end of the spectrum, just missed it, whatever. Quick refresher. Winklevoss twins, major lawsuit with Zuckerberg. They claim they came up with Facebook first at Harvard, hired Zuckerberg to carry it out. He took the ball and went running a whole nother whatever on all that. But anyway, they remained unscathed from a super wealthy background. They're now deep into the crypto game with their um, company, Gemini. But they are not to be outdone on the music and NFT side. Here we go. And I pulled this from Business Insider in case anybody wants to read the article in full. But um, the headline is the Winklevoss twins now have, get ready, ladies and gentlemen, a rock cover band. And it's called Mars Junction. I love it. (laughs) But like, what is up with them and like all of the astrology stuff, Sydney? Like Gemini is the name of the company for crypto. And now the name of the band is Mars Junction. I wonder, are they like, you know, really getting their charts done all the time or or what? to find out right their astrology (laughs) back to back they read it all they probably read a horoscope once a day every day every day right every day twice a day (laughs) but what they are going to do with mars junction is offer concert goers a free nft um as they are like sung to by these 41 year old billionaires who are going to be playing blink 182 nirvana and other quote-unquote soundtracks from their childhood and i'm sure this is just a mere baby toe away from them performing in the metaverse as well i have to you know full disclaimer i have not heard these two sing yet but i'm actually i do i have something to say about that because oh please jump in i was reading about them and although yeah i haven't heard them sing yet but everyone was kind of like not giving them the most positive reviews but they they did not care they were like, we are wow. having so much fun and we're so happy to be here. They're like, I don't care if I sound like garbage. And I was like, yes, right? I love that. Like, That's <laughs> you don't funny. need to be but fantastic. I think, <laughs> and I think too, when you're super wealthy and you have, I think, don't they have like some either close to or a complete like Olympic title around like rowing oh, crew and yeah, all that. Yeah, they're rowers. Once you're like They've that accomplished, all. you're like, I don't really care. Like I own, <laughs> I own yeah, this I can... whole like thing, right? So either yes. listen or Who don't, it judge, doesn't matter right? to me. So if you can make it through 90 minutes of, you know, what they're doing right now, you can, you know, jump in on some maybe like cash opportunities too. I don't know. I'm going to have to see and report back. Right. We'll have, we'll have to go to a concert, I guess. <laughs> and then finally, my like second and last like news item is um, about VR headsets. Now, yeah. I just want to make sure you guys always know that we're not here just to like be cheerleaders for for this whole industry. We are actually, you know, kind of 
peeling like the layers back and looking at what what is working, what isn't, and so much more. And so I pulled this um, just the other day from CNBC.com, again, if you want to read the whole piece. But um, the title, the headline of this is the Metaverse Off to Ominous Start After VR Headset Sales Shrank in 2022, right? So obviously we know there are a lot of moving parts to this space um, and the, the VR element is is a huge component of it. And, you know, people just aren't really feeling this, I think, as people thought they would, right, or as the industry thought they would for mass adoption. There are a lot of components around this, least of which all is the weight of, of a headset. And I was going to say the of price a of a headset um, MetaQuest 2. Well, I was going to say, and just to keep it very, very real, I don't even, like, own a VR headset, like, but luckily in my building, there's this very sophisticated um, vending machine of sorts where you can, one of the many elements or items rather that you can um, rent is a VR oh, headset. Fun. So I just go downstairs and get like, one get like, to, like when I get a VR headset, get some Skittles, you know, <laughs> get a, get a <laughs> bottle of water. <laughs> right. they all, that, that goes, that goes all together, right? <laughs> but I know I had the opportunity to speak about um, Gen Z and the metaverse through a virtual um, event that Nokia did the other month. The keynote of this was the creator of Second Life, and he talks so much about all the elements that need to happen for, you know, a full blow up of the metaverse space um, and talked about, you know, the number of grams that a headset should be in order for it to be comfortable on your head. I think we're at like double or triple what that should be Uh. and so much more so we're gonna have to just really watch this because obviously it's not just about the content that's there but um all the both uh hardware elements too and so you know just kind of something to to put out there that we'll be tracking for you guys and letting you know so now good i'm ready to jump on into politics okay let's do it now i know you guys might be like wtf like What's that got to do with like what these two women are talking about? But everybody oh, knows. Oh boy, are you wrong? <laughs> <laughs> right, because as we all know, twenty twenty four is going to be like ooh, rock'em sock'em robots, you know, in the U.S. for the presidential election, and everything is going to gear up now. And we all know that music plays a huge part in all the campaigns coming up and we're starting to see this like kind of trickle in right now. So we want to just kind of make sure that we keep you guys up on things because it will also spill over into at least more of the traditional digital space, if not the emerging tech space. And you know what? Okay. We were right. We're priding ourselves on the back already (laughs) because just the other day, starting out 2023 strong, just the other day, it's all about now, Dr. Dre and, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, honey, what can we say about this? That she used a track of her, of his, in one of her videos as she's prouncing around, um, uh, you know, because she helped the current Speaker of the House. As we know, um, the GOP has taken over the majority of the House. Anyway, she was allegedly instrumental in getting dude that speaker role so she's flexing by using a hip-hop track in the background using a dre track and to, a dre track to too. Video being, 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 very gang, very, being very gangster right um and yeah. so of course dre was not having this because he's not a fan of of hers and so there's been a cease and desist letter and so much more of course this is all playing out across social media um and i just find this all you know very interesting to watch I will say, having spent a year inside of the Beltway, doing things like creating congressional briefings on diversity and tech on the Hill and more, inside, the young Republicans 
are more into hip hop. They knew all the lyrics. They're throwing the hot parties, etc. And the Democrat side oh. is like not really like all about that. But when you come outside of the Beltway, it's like the exact reverse. I don't know what that what that is or whatever. I don't know, but um, it's all classical music and ballet, <laughs> right? But maybe I don't know. People are saying, you know, online the you know kind of commentary chatter is like, how does she even know who Dre is or whatever? Let me just like break it down for you. Those kids know inside of the Beltway. So I don't know, but just putting that out there that this is going to be just one of many, many, many intersections that are going to happen with controversy and and more. The next quick like kind of um, political. Uh, music item that we have for you is kind of a cute one. So we know that Bernie Sanders is all about his hip hop and pop culture. I mean, I'm sure like Cardi B is like what his granddaughter, (laughs) like, you know, I was going to say, it's like your grandpa recording a hip hop album. Like what? (laughs) Well, this is it. Pulled this from up rocks. If you guys want to read the, the column in it's or rather the story in its entirety, the headline is rap. God, Bernie Sanders appears on a new hip hop album from Minnesota State Representative Maria Issa. So she is um, all about her music. She has a new EP that has just dropped called, and I hope I'm not butchering this, it looks like Capitolio. Um, And so she has Bernie on there, like, dropping a verse. But it's not really, like, uh, hip-hop per se. It is, you know, I was going to say, he's not, like, throwing lines or anything. (laughs) No. No, just, and you need to listen to it to see, He says the F word, right? and it really hits home, I think. Oh, my gosh. It's too, too funny. Yes, the F word is in there. And that's all we're going to say. One, because we need to go to the next segment. And two, you need to listen to it for yourself. But there's going to be a bunch of cool stuff, you know, coming up in this area. We will be keeping you updated. And, uh, by the way, um, uh, this state representative is, of course, dropping it digitally. So there you have it. All right, Cindy, take us on over to the next segment, please. Uh, Just kind of going off of what the 2023 is all about, there's been some, like, two really big things. And we have, first of all, the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Hello. Um, So I think that's really going to inform what we're seeing here. And as well as with 2023 kind of came with people starting to move away from the metaverse that Mark Zuckerberg envisioned, which is really interesting because I think it paves the way for innovation because nobody really knows what it's going to look like. Like we before we've had Mark kind of putting down the framework for us and that's just kind of like not the way it is. We've realized that there's way more than legless avatars that could be explored in this area. So it's just kind of like a crazy spot right now and I think the perfect time for innovation. Oh, well, I agree with you, of course. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I mean, everybody, let's not, you know, I mean, mince words. I don't know how many fans uh, Zuckerberg has as a business person and so for that personality to kind of, you know, take over what many see to be as part of the future of humanity, I hope I'm not like exaggerating it, yeah, it's like nobody was trying to buy into that. 
nobody was trying to buy into all that with with one person and and he is the person like creating all the the framework for that and the parameters so yeah i'm absolutely feeling you on that that it is about people trying to see more do more and really breaking out and they were already trying to break out but it's like the media kind of continuing to focus and give the spotlight to what you know, Zuckerberg is doing. And I think that now a lot of it just can't be denied that more um, kind of innovative minds are coming to the forefront and creating new things. So I'm definitely feeling you on that. And I'd say like a a platform that works more for everyone. I don't know. I just feel like we had a really big like Zuckerberg's vision of what this was going to be kind of strays away from what people actually want it to be at this moment in time. So I think for people to explore more of what it looks like in entertainment specifically, I think there's a huge opening for it to be in entertainment, maybe not as much a part of everyday life yet, but for people to kind of just be able to put on the headset and live in that moment for maybe like one to two, maybe three hours and be able to step away from it is kind of like what we need as a bit of an entry point to kind of seeing not only what works for business, yep, but what people actually enjoy. And I think going on with that, we have this concert. Biggie did a concert in the metaverse. And I mean, from what we've seen, it was like people were really impressed with the visuals, but not so much in the way he was branded. So I don't know, Lauren, you want to break that down a bit more? Well, I I was really disappointed in, I guess, the response to it and, and just saw, of course, like many, the, the opportunity there. And it just didn't, it didn't happen, right? I mean, you had thousands, only thousands, like, who jumped onto this. It, it had a, a lot of missed opportunities there for me. Um, one, first of all, just in terms of promotion. Two, why are you going to pick that date in December when everybody is focused on year-end issues, holiday issues, and so much more? Yeah, it's like Christmas is right around the corner, you know? That was already, like, for me, like, another no. And then, two, I don't think that the quote-unquote community was really consulted. And this is going to be a huge thing for brands to, I think, focus on, uh, whether it's consumer brands, like, kind of moving into the space, or certainly those who are, um, you know, kind of approaching it from the tech and engineering point of view but you have to be able to get like the fan involved and the fan buy-in like before or otherwise it's gonna be mad pushback on it like it was for this with so many people saying that the company it seemed was profiting off of you know a posthumous artist and so you know how do you position that better you know going forward is a portion of what's happening is it somehow you know going to be going back to the state is it to you know other philanthropic you know endeavors like it just seems like you know this reminds me of back in the day okay i can slightly speak to this because somehow i'm i've always been 21 and i will stay and remain 21 you are always forever. 21 but <laughs> i remember when this little thing called mobile started to be introduced and it was like the repurposing of the web specifically and exactly onto the phone right and it was just like a ridiculous thing because you just had a repetitive screen And little by little, finally, people started to create solely for this screen and what it could do. And I think that that's going to be a hurdle for people to overcome with the metaverse, that it's not just this kind of scenario where you put 
a concert in it and expect people to kind of watch and maybe meander around like we do in the real world. It's like you can't put the real world inside of this uh, kind of engineered scenario and expect that to be appropriate. This is a, a space that's about mm-hmm. a collaboration and so much more we don't even know yet. And so why not um, really embrace that as opposed to just hurry up and rush and do you know, this concert that just didn't seem to have a lot of thought around it. So I think that there's going to be a lot that uh, people within all of the ecosystem will need to kind of think about. And I'm kind of excited about how this company, I just happened to run across this on LinkedIn, this company called, I guess it's YOM, it's all caps, Y-O-M, that they are looking at creating like, uh, a next level of the metaverse where like even the first one we know I was going to say whoa yet, but we're whatever. already in metaverse too like I haven't yeah. even touched my toes in metaverse one yet right <laughs> but they're already <laughs> thinking ahead and something that they're going to be working on is setting up a quote-unquote peer-to-peer network of beacons starting in 2023 so they're calling these beacons um like they will be for gamers who use their own computers to help render the metaverse in real time. Like, kind of keep that, what I just said. Right? So that's collaboration. If I said collaboration, honey, that is collaboration, right? That is Um, collaboration at its finest, actually. Right? Now, obviously, only certain people are going to be, um, you know, learned, shall we say, enough to do something like that. But that's what I'm talking about, right? So I think that Mm -hmm. it's just going to be... Um, interesting again to watch and I'm so glad that you you know kind of brought this kind of point out that we're looking at really right now what is the shift of what the metaverse is going to mean and and why press play what am I listening to right now okay so for me Lauren tried to steal her out from under me but I wouldn't let her because I am listening to SZA and I like the whole time I was listening to her because it just puts you in such like a slow, relaxed mood that I was like, I wonder how she would do in the metaverse because we've seen people who are just absolutely eccentric. Go, 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 go. But to me, this is exactly the kind of escape I mean. I mean, Mm. dare I say it's like smoking a joint and not getting high. You just kind of sit there and you'd be in like to be in Sis's head, I think would be absolutely incredible. You better call her people up right now and be like, I need to co-produce this. Go for it, Sydney, because you are seeing the future. I know, girl. I should. You are seeing it. I see, I see SZA's vision through and through. I have, we are one. I love it. Well, my press play is not really that prolific. I'm just personally waiting for Rihanna's halftime show during the Super Bowl. Woo! Yes. Okay, I just want to see... What does she do? What kind of, how are the brands going to be like integrated into this? What's she going to be wearing? I don't know if they're going to do some kind of, you know, metaverse quick, like kind of addition there. Like, uh, you know, uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. You can like also like check it out on the metaverse and do other things um, at the same time you're watching it on TV. Right. Um, Of course, there's a lot more that could be done. But I did do that and I thought it was, you know, interesting just to kind of see you get some historical stuff and other things but I don't know if they're going to do that with the Super Bowl but um let's just wait and see but yeah for me my press play segment is Riri thank you very much and then I guess we're going to bring it on home with our future cast segment this is where Sydney and I will kind of do a little bit of crystal balling and um you know give you guys 
kind of what we what we think you should be looking out for, um, whether it's in you know short term, mid term, long term. So Sydney, want to kick it off or because you got a good one here with Elton and all that. So go okay, for it. Okay, so my crystal ball predictions. So we have Elton John, who's says he's been quitting touring. He's been on his farewell tour for the past two years, but now he's officially called it Dunzo, and his next step is the metaverse of all places. And I just thought this was really interesting because, of course, we have the uber-creative Elton John, but the way I kind of thought of it is maybe the metaverse could be used to take the pressure off of touring. I mean, we have someone like Sean Mendez who actually had to cancel his tour because he just couldn't handle it anymore. And maybe that's what a good space for this could be. I mean, nothing would really replace an in-person concert, but I think this would be enough to kind of still keep fans engaged and be able to share your creativity, your music, your personal brand, yada, 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 all of that, but in a different way that still reaches fans and just kind of like puts a little bit of ease off your shoulders. So I think we'll see more artists starting to kind of dip their toes in the metaverse and maybe start trying to put on more of these like personal branding performances and save their huge massive worldwide tours for maybe shorter periods of time i think that you really have something here sydney um i i'm just really excited to see how the touring vibe not just a performance the one-off but like a full-on like tour how does that work with the metaverse because Typically, you know, a tour, you know, you're hitting different cities, it's different vibes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, are these and I was longer say, plays like you're or what? Talking to different cities. Yeah. Yeah. So how does one do that? Or do you have actually even like set it up so that, you know, if you only if you live in this area, you know, can can you come to this particular virtual show or what? I don't know. It's fascinating to think about where that could go. And also different venues. I mean, like if you have a concert in New York, does that look different than a concert in Chicago, in LA? Like, I think there's so much also that you can play around with and it does still have that intimacy factor. I think you could still include that with like a personal, like a merch waiting room. Like there's so much that can be explored in it that still kind of simulates what you would see in an actual concert just with, and also we're talking about Ticketmaster. Like maybe if the space wasn't such a constriction this, like not only that would right that stronghold could go away and which i think a lot of people wanted to go away i mean i can't afford to go to a concert these days so just for there to be unlimited seating not have to worry about bang buying like a pre-sale like i think there's so much that the metaverse can unlock for kind of the centralized technology we see today and those that really have the chokehold on the industry. I mean, it could be something very interesting. Like you said, though, obviously nothing will will ever go away in terms of physical. I know that, um, you know, I passed by Madison Square Garden during a couple of dates where it was all about Harry's house and it was all about boas and, you know, all of these girls, right? And fabulous and so, glasses. You know, there's something about yeah. being in that space with other people who are at that same vibrational level that you are that can't be replicated. So I think, you know, for artists like that, you know, even if they do do something in Metaverse, of course, that super fan is going to watch it, but that's going to be like live and maybe live only. But for other artists, maybe who are a little bit 
low key, more intimate, whatever, or maybe more like kind of legacy brands in the space, if you will, established artists, um, icons. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to just put this out here because I'm like all about hip hop, but I would watch a Barbara Streisand concert in the metaverse. Hell yes. That's my home girl. That's my home girl. And and I'm not like doing that you know, flip over backwards to try and get a ticket at a mere, like, low, low price of $1,000 to see her. But I would do that, you know, a metaverse situation? Yeah, why not? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would definitely see Dua Lipa in the metaverse. I don't know. I think she would be so cool. And I couldn't go to her concert when she was in person, but she's one that I think would really take the metaverse and run with it. And she's just so fabulous, and I love her. Well, we're going to have to... I agree. Well, I like to just watch and see Oh, yeah, for sure. On, right? Just her so, outfits alone yeah. would be enough. <laughs> like, that would be a cool thing. You and I spoke a little bit offline about this. I pulled this from Adweek in case, again, anybody wants to read the article in its entirety. Um, but the headline is, Sound is going to be a critical part of Metaverse success. And, you know, Sydney and I are talking about this now from a music point of view, but just... Um, audio is just like kind of mind-blowing to look at how brands are discussing this now. Are brands going to need a certain sound so that when you hear that, you know that that's McDonald's or you know that's the Nike swoosh or something, right? These are virtual sounds and they're starting to talk about a quote-unquote sonic strategy for brands in the metaverse. And what if it's something exclusive? Like, I don't know, mcdonald's and drake or whatever some kind of special sound for whatever that you know if you hear it first you can get a you know coupon or whatever i mean there's so many things that could happen with this right there's so much things you can do and i think that also just paves the way for artist opportunities to get involved with more brands and i think people aren't realizing how like much of a like profits this could be for any sort of artist like this is just the if beginning you're of it and that's the whole thing i think that you need to have if you're creative I mean, hands down artists are obviously creative but a lot of times you know that management vibe that agent vibe they're not always um so open to be able to bring like new innovators to you know the artists and see how they can all kind of collaborate i'm hoping that with this space that that starts to change because it just benefits everybody right because nobody has any of the answers in this Mm -hmm. since it's brand new but yeah i do believe like you know the spotlight has been on anything and all things visual for the metaverse but now you know, I'm going to put my money on uh, audio and, and like sound um, for something as terms of our future cast moment um, for listeners to start thinking about, right? Be, be out front with that because you can create, I don't know, all types of sounds and maybe sell them or something. You know what I mean? To people who like me. Mm-hmm. The royalties? Right, right, right. Hello. I know I'm not going to be creating any sounds. Mine's going to be like sounding like, you know, Schroeder on Peanuts, but I'll buy somebody's sounds. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so think about that, people who are listening right now who are, you know, the, the future beat makers and whatever out there. The DJs this of the it. world. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Lauren, I think we've covered it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just did the damn thing. Yep. We made it through our first episode, ladies and gentlemen, without passing out. Look out. Look out. Yay. It only gets more fabulous from here (laughs) there you have it follow us on instagram at beats bites podcast and find us also on linkedin at beats and bites podcast and feel free to shoot us an email to see if there's anyone you'd like to hear us chat about or any topics you'd like to 
for us to go for. It's beatsbitespodcast at gmail.com. And we are going to be signing off now. Sydney, I'll let you have the last word. Bye. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so funny? All right. We're out.